Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm actually in person with uh, Alberto this week. Say hi. What's going on? I actually decided to make the voyage uh, six and a half miles north to Chris's studio. Yeah, yeah, and, and this isn't my normal studio, so it, but but it's it you know part of the studio because there's like multiple places, I guess. Uh, <laughs> So we're we're doing that for a special reason. We'll uh, talk about that here in a moment. Uh, but yeah, I'm here with Alberto. Jim is with us too. How's it going, Jim? I am from the Arctic North of Southern Indiana. So it's like time zones have changed, hairstyles have changed. There's there's it's completely different world up here from you guys. I don't know. I don't even know how we got connected. How did we even like ever meet? Do we know this? <laughs> <laughs> the internet. The, ubiqui- oh, yeah. the ubiquity of the internet. There you go. Lovely you that go. is. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice to chat uh, with you, Jen, before we, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and uh, you know, you're you're remote, but you're still with us in spirit and in, in voice, and that's all that matters. Uh, so, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive in. So, uh, Alberto, how's your week been? How, how's it? You know, any any keto news for you? Oh, uh, yeah. My cut is officially over. I was going to drag it out to my birthday, but I am completely over the, the low-fat shenanigans and I'm slowly reversing my way out of that. And I'm looking forward to a bulk, which here, let me show let me show you. Let me tell you real quick. My bulk calories will be 3,700 calories a day, 307 grams of fat, 190 grams of protein, and I'll never make it to 46 grams of carbs, but... That's what they would be if I were to follow this keto savage calculator to the T. So yeah, I got work ahead of me. Thirty seven hundred calories a day is is going to take effort. Yeah, yeah, that that's work in and of itself. That that's kind of crazy. Uh, Jim, how about you? What's what's new? I am in uh, week two of job training, and I am making a roughly ninety minute commute one way um, every day. So I'm driving ninety minutes. I am in front of a computer for anywhere from about six to seven hours and then returning home with that 90 minute commute. Um, we always talk in the keto man's club about, um, fitness and it's all different kinds. I mean, you can watch the videos of Alberto and Chris doing their, whatever time you guys go three, 4 AM kind of thing, workouts. Um, I know our guest is an avid uh, fitness guy as well. Lots of, lots of our members participate in all different types of fitness, everything from, just walking to the hardcore stuff. I can't believe the difference in a negative way of just so much sitting in the last 10 days Mm -hmm. or so to the point of like being uncomfortable and me and a couple of the people that are in the class actually talked to the instructor this week, early this week, and like, can we just stand up and, you know, not, we're not going to, do anything. We just need to stand and walk. And she's like, that's absolutely fine. I get it. No problem. And we've converted our class of about 12 people 
most of the time there are at least four or five of us that are standing and we are just kind of like the that um game at the old pizza place when we were kids where they would pop up out of the holes the little moles kind of thing people just <laughs> pop up and yeah nobody's taking a hammer and trying to bop us back yeah. down in there but we're just popping up periodically to move and whatnot so um <laughs> pizza place not on keto necessarily but hey you got to throw it out there so mm-hmm. my point uh, no. with all of that is just the importance of movement whatever it may be because when you don't have the opportunity to move, when you're stuck sitting or whatever the case for hours, holy cow, your body definitely does not like that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I am very fortunate to have my standing desk that work provided me um, due to uh, actual physical you know issues I was having with my, my tailbone or whatnot. And mm-hmm. so I, they, they've been gracious enough, gracious enough to accommodate me in that and provide me with a standing desk. And so that helps a ton for posture and everything else. But it, it is nice to have that flexibility to be able to stand uh, at least some of the time, um, if not the majority of the time. Of course, Alberto doesn't get a chance to sit down hardly at all. No, right. ju- just when I'm driving. And, and it's, it's sad because like the most comfortable seat I've ever sat in is my truck seat. And that shouldn't be anything to be proud of by any means, but yeah, not a whole lot of sitting this week. Uh, I actually had wore my watch for once and wore the battery out, but I think I was on Monday, five miles of walking in a paint suit with 15 pounds of breathing gear strapped to my back and climbing up and down scaffoldings and painting roofs of cars. And yeah, it was a, it was a rough day, man. That's the day I drank 300 ounces of water and only peed three times. Yeah, and and salt salt stains on the clothing afterwards. Oh yeah, I got pictures. I have literal salt deposits on my clothes, and uh, I and I actually tried calculating how much salt I actually ate. And to the best of my calculation, I was somewhere between eight and twelve teaspoons of salt that day. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of salt. Yeah, but I felt fine. I mean, I was physically tired, but I, I didn't feel drained. It actually like it all held up well, considering. Well, then, I, you know, of course, I went to the gym first thing in the morning before all that. So started the day off right. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we uh, move on, let's uh, talk about uh, our previous guests that you will have heard, uh, that our listeners will have heard the interview from uh, by, now, by the time that they're hearing this. Um, Liquid provided us some custom flavors to try. And so we're going to try one. Um, on the air here, uh, Jim actually had already tried this one and then I haven't tried it. Just popped it open here. Um, we believe this is the mixed berry flavor. So, uh, Albert is going to pour out a little bit for himself. Yeah. And I do mean a little bit cause I would like to sleep tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, on the other hand, probably have some, some editing or some, uh, what not to do, um, and so I will probably end up staying awake. And so this will probably help with that. Um, I feel so like we let, need to have some the, Lawrence. I feel like we need to have some Lawrence, some Lawrence music, music in the background, you know, some <laughs> bubbly types, champagne, you know, some band type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jim, tell us about your impressions on it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? So, um, I was grateful for the liquid guys um, to provide a couple uh, different flavors. Um, and the first one that I have tried, because I'm saving the others as I go, mm-hmm. uh, was the mixed berry. Um, it's it's 
carbonated, number one. So it's got a little bit of fizz mm-hmm. to it, obviously. If you, um, sometimes people have a visual thing about, you know, their food and their drinks and whatnot. And I forgot um, when I was drinking it that this is not a soda. So it is not dark. It is clear like water. So you that's yeah. a point in its favor there. Um, n- uh, subtle. It's not overbearing, strong taste or anything like that. Um, nice little kick to it. Um, I, I was very happy with it. I will say mixed berries, probably not the first one that I would reach for on the shelf. So it, it's, Mm. it's good. Um, but I've got another one or two to uh, try. Um, I know there's an orange mixed in there. That was my request. And I forget what else is in the, in the stockpile. So, um, so far so good, um, on the, uh, on the liquid drinks. Um, how about you guys? How, how? So we, we've we've all tried it here, including our guests. We'll uh, get his opinion here in a second as well. Uh, I I like it. it it's uh, this was the one that I asked for. I asked about mixed berries, so they they did that, and and I I think they they hit it. it this is a, a good. Uh, it's kind of a little bit on the blue raspberry side, maybe, and so I, and that's fine by me. That's a flavor that I go for from from other drinks, but I like that it's. Uh, the the liquid drink that doesn't have all the extra stuff that isn't necessary in it. Um, it's just water and some BHP salt and some caffeine, and that's uh, that's a good thing. So yeah, I'll be sipping on this the rest of the time. Yeah. Alberto, what are your thoughts? I dig it. I mean, uh, mind you, the the ones that we asked for, these things are in plain silver cans with little sharpie markers on them because they they all they made the offer for us to to make our own custom flavors and they were going to custom blend them. And, and sent them to us, which they did, which is awfully gracious of them. And uh, I dig it. Like you said, it's, it's very subtle, like a slightly over-flavored seltzer water, which is what I really like about it. But I think they nailed it on the head. And if this is just like their prototype and they're going to tweak it from there, it can only get better, I think. Yep, I agree. Well, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, and then we'll get his opinion on it as well. Uh, today, we are... Uh, joined by Jared, one of our group members. He's from Texas, and he's like, Hey, if I'm going to be on, I might as well just come down and see you guys. I travel all the time anyway. So he made the trip down here, uh, five hours driving and whatnot. Thanks for joining us. Um, so uh, what were what were your thoughts uh, on the uh, on the liquid? This is your first time to even try liquid at all. Yes, this was my first time to try anything that they've done. Um, I've had all of the other kind of drinks from other brands and stuff. Uh, this one, in comparison to those, it, it has the flavor but not the overpoweredness of a lot of the other ones that feel like they're trying too hard to be sweet this one is a lot more subtle Mm -hmm. and i actually quite enjoyed it very cool yeah um yeah so liquid is a definitely a brand that we you know the the, the, the two of us that have drank a lot of it now, uh, we, we support wholeheartedly at this point. Um, I've got to get another case because I am out and uh, I just need to put the order in on Amazon. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive into the life of Jared here. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you got your started, uh, your start. Uh, tell us kind of get us started up to, you know, when you started needing to reclaim your health. Real quick. There's only one Jared in the group, but how do you say your last name so that when people hear this, they know exactly who we're talking about? Yelverton. All right. There you go, guys. Now you know. 
And that's why I was avoiding it. <laughs> it's okay. It is honestly exactly how it's spelled. A lot of people overthink it, and it's not the first time I've heard it today. It won't be the last time I hear it this week. Cool. And we're already on Wednesday. <laughs> Very good. So tell us about Jared. Okay. Well, um, I am 36 years old, three daughters, married, and... Uh, before I found keto, I had basically lived about a decade and a half on the uh, overweight to obese side um, in varying degrees, of course, uh, depending on the jobs that I had at the time. I would lose weight whenever I would have a very strenuous activity job, like I did warehousing and construction. Those, I never really ate good, but I would drop down in weight on those. Uh in 2012, um, I ended up getting a job where I actually spend the majority of my time at a desk. And I started averaging, gaining about 10 to 12 pounds a year. And by the time my last daughter, who was born in March of last year, came about a month and a half before that, I ended up getting some blood work done for some other reasons. And whenever the blood work came back, the doctor told me, uh, your weight has become a problem because your blood work is very, very bad, and I'm concerned uh, about your longevity of life. So I said, okay, uh, thank you for being honest with me. Uh, I, then the next month, my daughter was born. I was uh, weighing in around 265 pounds. Uh, my weight should have been around uh, 180 to 185-ish. and. Uh, yeah, I was not feeling good, all kinds of chronic health problems, and I started looking into things uh, shortly after she was born, and come to find out my wife was looking at the same things, uh, we just didn't know that each other was looking. Uh, Secret ketoing? <laughs> yeah, uh, so she was looking for, I guess, about two months or so. I had already been looking for about three months, and it just happened to come up in conversation one night at dinner. Um, as a matter of fact, I can tell you the exact day was uh, July 1st. Um, and I said, wait, what's that word that you said? And she said, keto. And I said, really? I've been looking into that too. So then we That's got hilarious. into about this 45-minute conversation about what we thought about it. And then from that point, we had decided we were going to start. She wanted to start in about a week, two, 10 days or so. And I said, no, I know me. If I yes. put it off, I'm going to keep coming up with excuses to put it off. So I started the very next day. I took my first pictures as my motivation to uh, never get back to that form again. And uh, the people who have been in the group for a while, you've seen those pictures because uh, they have been used a lot in my before and afters. And uh, so from there, I started uh, July 2nd of last year and uh, had basically got down to my goal weight in uh, right around four months. Uh, didn't do any exercising until I hit my goal weight. It was 100% diet. And just for reference, how tall are you? I am uh, six foot and a half, but I round up on my driver's license. And you went from what weight to what's your current weight? Uh, I went... Uh, from 265 
to uh, my goal weight was 185. The lowest that I got was 178, and I am currently bulking back up a little bit, so I am uh, right around 189. Tell me, tell us, Jared, um, when you were at that highest point, I mean, you talked about the numbers and everything from the doctor and whatnot, but did you did you feel like you were carrying that full weight, so to speak? I mean, did you were you active at all? Were you doing things? Were you... I mean, guys will talk about the sweats. They'll talk about being out of breath. They won't, can't tie their shoes and whatnot. What, what what were you not realizing that you weren't able to do or were you feeling like you could do everything? Well, I mean, for a while I was in denial. Uh, there was a time where I was just about at my heaviest and I was still trying to squeeze into jeans that were too small. I ended up uh, causing a permanent mark on my stomach now that will not go away. So it's a daily reminder of uh, accept who I am, and if I can't, then make some changes. Um, I had to hold my breath to tie my shoe. I couldn't really play with my kids at the park. I had to sit down on a bench and watch, uh, which was a little discouraging, especially whenever I came to the point where I had to accept it. For a while, I would still try, then I would be out of breath, and I'd tell the kids to just go play, and I'll catch up. Um, But... Probably one of the worst things was my sleep. My sleep was actually uh, extremely bad. Uh, I had it tracked. I was waking up um, right around 100 times a night. Holy cow. Um, And it was apparently because I would stop breathing, especially if I was on my back. Uh, My sleep apnea got so bad that there was a couple of times that my wife thought that I had to stop breathing like I was dead. And she was like, hey. Wake up. And I'm like, what, what, what? And she was like, don't do that. You scared me. Roll over. I said, okay. So it was that. It was uh, joint pain. I did sweat a whole lot more the heavier that I was. Um, But more than anything, like all that stuff I could, you know, make excuses for. It was whenever the blood work came back that it really scared me. You started that day, you, know, you you didn't give yourself the chance to kind of drag things out or make excuses, which is a, a definite uh, strategy to win. Uh, what was it like adjusting? What was it like adapting? Were What were some of the things that uh, we'll, we'll talk about the struggles and then we'll talk about the things that were surprising or, or you know, easy. Uh, but what what did you kind of find whenever you're first trying to get adapted that you maybe had a hard time with? Well, for me, the hardest part was actually probably just like maybe the first nine to 10 days because I had gotten so used to uh, Taco Tuesday and having pizza on a regular basis, like twice a week. Um, I used to take the kids all the time to the donut shop. It was cutting out the the breads because I was always a big bread eater. And when I was younger, it wasn't a big deal. I was athletic in high school. I played sports. I was a lifeguard. I swam. I was always active. I couldn't put a pound on me if I tried. I got out of high school probably at about a 145. I was actually underweight. And then it was just a couple years later, my metabolism was just completely gone. So that was the biggest problem for me was trying to cut out the breads on my favorite foods because any of my friends or my family back then could have told you I was the pizza guy. 
if there was going to be a social gathering, I was bringing pizza and probably cheesy bread and probably some sort of desserts (laughs) and soda. So what were some of the wins? What were some of the easy things or uh, what, what, what did the, the strategies become that you, that you keyed into as you got, as you hit those roadblocks? Well, it was, like I said, it was hard at first for me just because of what I was used to eating, but there was also still a bunch of other things that I really loved to eat that was always incorporated in that. We used to always go get steak. We used to always go get chicken wings. And instead of getting the breaded boneless ones, which are not even wings, we would get the ones without the sauce and we would get the bone in. We would do steak more often um, as much as Alberto's not going to like this. We did eat a lot of chicken. Um, and I also, instead of doing the taco Tuesdays with having it in the shells or in the tortillas, I would just put all of it in a bowl. And we would use our own seasoning too. It wasn't the store-bought stuff anymore. That was a big thing because I had looked on the back of the store-bought stuff that we had and realized that that could severely set me back. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, when you start looking at all the commercial stuff of, uh, of what's actually in there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all the ingredients. Because uh, over at HEB, which I'm sure you're HEB, if you have an HEB near you, in their bulk bins, you know, I go by their bulk bins and I buy all my spices in bulk. And I, I was so thrilled that I would say about two-thirds of everything in those bulk bins, as far as just a regular, like, taco seasoning, chili seasoning, none of that stuff has sugar in it. Like right. as I was in there reading the labels, I was just like this big old smile on my face. I'm like, this is amazing. So now every time I need taco seasoning, I just go there and fill up a big old container. And it's like, I don't know, 80 something cents an hour, whatever it is. It's super dirt cheap. It's way cheaper than buying the jar. So you can't go wrong. Oh, absolutely. And you can keep them closed too. You just open up what you need there. Yeah. It, so, and yeah. yeah especially for trying out new things. If you're going to try to get a spice for a recipe that you're not sure if you're going to like. And uh, if, you, if you got a bulk bin and you could just buy like, a teaspoon of it for your recipe and say that doesn't work out. You didn't buy a whole package of it that you're never going to use again. Yeah. Bigger benefits. I've done that. (laughs) We've done that a lot. Actually, we had to throw away a whole bunch of that stuff. Uh, Just a couple months ago, we looked and uh, half of the stuff that was up in our little spice rack was um, expired by like a year and a half. It's like, Oh, well that would explain that we never use it because if, if we did, we would have noticed that. So we chunked a whole bunch of stuff and we know what we like now. And we have a pretty regular routine when it comes to what we're going to cook every now and then, like she'll find a recipe and we'll change it up and stuff. Uh, we'll try out some things, but for the most part, it's uh, a lot of meats. I actually have started eating green vegetables since starting keto, which was one of the things that I never did in my entire life. All the way up until 35 years of age, the only green that I ever ate before that was green beans. And now I eat all kinds of them. Probably not as much as I should. I, I'm almost a uh, strict carnivore just because I really like steak and bacon. No shame in that. Yeah, no shame in that one bit. Jared, um, going back just a little bit, you're talking about high school time and everything like that. Anybody in your family then or even now have similar weight issues from what you've experienced. Um, 
the the gain or you know when you you mentioned that your metabolism kind of changed a few years after high school was that was that your thing or did anybody else in the family ever go through something similar well my grandfather was always a large guy and a couple of his brothers were as well i don't really know a lot of people on my dad's side of the family i know my dad and my brother everybody else uh i just do not know so mm-hmm. I can't really speak on that side, but as far as my mom's side goes, my grandfather, who uh, I was around for the first 18 years of my life, he actually lived with us for about half of that. He was always a larger guy, and uh, he was probably right around the same weight that I was at my max was uh, about his normal carrying weight that he had after uh, he had retired. And uh, he was a diabetic. He had to check his blood sugar. He had to eat special things. And uh, yeah, so I'm sure that uh, that got passed down a little bit, The how easy it was for me to all of a sudden I'm in my 30s and hey, guess what? You're pre-diabetic now. Oh, okay. Let's make some changes. Mm-hmm. So, so did I hear you right when uh, it sounded like you said you lost weight, like Crazy, crazy fast. Yes, I lost all of it in four months. So you went from 265 to 178? Is that right? Oh, well, I hit my goal weight. Um, oh, wait, you hit your goal weight. Okay, yeah. well, the goal weight was 185. Yes, I uh, was uh, right around 186 um, right at Halloween. So that was right under four months. So did you have run into any people that like hadn't seen you in like five months? Yes. <laughs> what was that like? Um, well, I do shift work. So there's actually some people at work that I won't see for a couple of months at a time just because our schedules just won't line up. We won't be in the same place at once. So there was a couple of people at work, uh, not really anybody else, because whenever I moved out there, it was for work more than it was anything else. So I don't know a lot of people in the area that I'm at except for a little bit of family. So the coworkers that did see me, they, I had one person ask me if I had cancer. Well, yes, thank you for noticing. <laughs> and I was like, um, no, I, as, as far, far as I know, I'm actually doing a good job of preventing cancer, but thank you. Um, I had somebody ask me if uh, I was struggling at home. And then there was a couple of people, I don't know exactly who, because, you know, every workplace, it doesn't matter if it's a group of guys or whoever, there's always a few that gossip like some high school kids. A few of them apparently um, had thought that I was on drugs and had uh, told somebody in HR that they thought I was on drugs. So I had to go take a random while I was at work, and the only thing that came out of that was they said, well, you have a lot of ketones in your uh, <laughs> blood. <laughs> and I said, yep, I sure do. That's by design. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy, the society we live in now where you lose a bunch of weight and it, it immediately has to come to something negative happening? Like no one could just say, oh, look, this guy took control of his health and decided to dump a bunch of weight. It's always like, oh, are you eating enough? Are you sick? Are you know, having trouble at home? Are you not sleeping? Yeah. It, just, it always goes to a negative place, it, it, but that's normal. It's just crazy. Right. But I also did go against the norm of what is there at work. The job that I have, like I said, is normally at a desk. 
And most people who are doing that job have a tendency to gain weight. And whenever they get out of that job, they have gained a minimum of 30 pounds if they go to another job. So I did the opposite of that. I gained all of it, of course, because I started there. I was probably about 200 pounds because uh, right before I moved to that area, I had a job at a frozen food warehouse. So it's negative 20 degrees. 10 hours a day, heavy lifting and cardio. I actually lost a very good chunk of weight doing that job. And then as soon as I got out of that job and into my new job, I slowly started gaining all of it back. And I did what everybody else did. I gained a lot of weight. We snack a whole bunch because we're there for 12 hours and we can't leave. So we bring all kinds of snacks and sometimes not the best foods which was honestly just an excuse because if you're going to pack your food, you can always pack healthier food. I didn't look at it that way back right. then. I look at it now. It, it, exactly. It was the convenience of getting microwavable stuff, getting stuff to make sandwiches and things like that so that you could just have a little quick meal and none of them were actually healthy for me. Yeah, that's the way it goes. I remember when I quit painting because painting cars is a very active job. And so, like when I when I actually took the the corporate position of being like a corporate uh, field field rep, pretty much just troubleshooting car paint. Like I, I had my moment early because I had that job because I always pretty much weighed the same, and I was probably always bouncing around between like one sixty five and one seventy five. And then, uh, just, and then when, when I paint, I wear this. It's almost like a back brace, but it's it's the breathing apparatus. It's all attached to a back brace, and it, I always had to have that thing cinched all the way as tight as it could possibly go, just so it would fit me. Because I'm not a very big guy. But the the first time that I I hadn't worn it for a month because I took this new job and I put it on as a joke and I couldn't I couldn't buckle it like it just it would not close so I ended up having to like pull it up and it's adjustable but I hopped on the scale and I had gained eight pounds the first month from when I quit painting and wow. it was at, it was at that point where I was like I'm not gonna loosen the belt on this thing and I and I would have to hike it up and I would have to exhale as hard as I could just to get this thing to snap but I absolutely refused to loosen it to make it more comfortable. Until I forced myself to lose the weight. But yeah, those little lifestyle changes, if if you're not adjusting accordingly, they will definitely catch up with you quick. Yes, and they did. And I always would just say, oh, it's no big deal. I can lose that five pounds. And then it became, oh, I can lose those 10 pounds. And then it became 20 pounds. And I joined a gym and went for like four days and then never went back twice. (laughs) Yeah, I did that twice. (laughs) Well, sometimes you just got to pay not to go. <laughs> well, I definitely paid for it. So let's talk In a little bit ways. about work, working out, um, because obviously that is a passion of yours. So tell us about your workout routine and what do you do? What do you enjoy? What, which, what are you struggling if there is any spot? Talk to us about the physical side of things. Well, it has become a passion now just because of the fact that I can go and I don't feel like just complete garbage when I'm done um, because that's probably why I quit the other times. Um, But what I do mostly and like these guys here, I've gotten into the habit of going very early in the morning and it has helped me out a whole lot actually during the day. If I go in the morning and get in a good exercise, you know, 35, maybe 45 minutes without taking any breaks though, then uh, 
I have actually had a lot better days. I've felt better. I've been more awake. I've been alert. And I've gotten past the part of constantly being sore. Granted, I still feel it um, every time I go, but it's not like I can't move anymore. It was like that at first. I couldn't move because I was trying too hard. Uh these two guys here are fortunate enough to actually be able to work out with each other. Uh, I have tried to get people in my area to go with me. They think I'm crazy for going at four o'clock in the morning. So I do a lot of um, machine exercises because I don't have a spotter and I'm trying to uh, lift a little, I'm trying to lift a little bit heavier. So in order for me to do that machines right now is the way to go. Um, I, Posted a video, what was that, about a week and a half ago or so, uh, where I was in the gym and it was all machine weight. So you couldn't actually see the weight that I was pulling. And uh, for that, I wasn't at my max on it because I was actually trying to get in a little bit of reps. But it was still a lot heavier than what I could do just a month ago. And it's definitely a lot more than what I was able to do um, while I was in the process of losing the weight. Because like Alberto said, I had dropped that weight very fast. Uh, my abdomen had actually not tightened up enough. Um, and it looked like I had a hernia because it was loose right in the middle. And I had to go see a doctor about that. And they said, no, it's not a hernia. Just start to do light exercises, keep moving, stretch it out. Eventually, it'll tighten up. It's like, okay, good. But then they said, but you have this spot right under your tailbone um, that is going to be a problem. And you're going to need surgery on it. It was uh, polynatal cysts. Had to have two of those taken out. And I did that on October 31st, which was actually... I'm sorry, August 31st. It was two months in to doing keto. And then for two months, I couldn't do any kind of exercise because they cut a big hole in me and I had to heal from the inside out. So my, I would like to thank my wife because I'm sure she's <laughs> going to listen to this. Uh, thank you for cleaning and changing out my bandage for two months. I'm sure it was disgusting. But after I was cleared to work out, I... Couldn't do a sit-up or crunch to save my life. It hurt. And my push-ups was actually probably around two or three. I mean, after I had lost all of the weight because I didn't do any kind of ex any kind of exercises for the entire four months, uh, whenever I started, I was extremely weak. So it's almost like you fell into keto at almost the perfect time for the life that was going on with you at the time. Yes. Because had you not then, and still had to have been bedridden, you know, for that long, but had you not cleaned up your diet, that could have gone completely the other direction. Oh yeah. I, I was actually talking with my friend Scott about this, who he's not a hundred, a hundred percent keto, but he saw how much weight I started to lose. And then he started doing more of a low carb lifestyle. Um, he's probably dropped about 25 pounds or so. Um, but I was just talking with him about this last night. I was like, if I wouldn't have changed when I did, I'd probably be over 300 pounds right now. Yeah. 
which would have been what 35 pounds heavier than my heaviest was. And I had been my heaviest twice in my life. I had been 265 at the beginning of 2011 before I started that job at the warehouse. And then again, last year in February, when I got the blood work done, and that lasted until about uh, the beginning of June, I had cut back a little bit on sodas, and I had probably lost a couple of pounds. But I was still pr- pretty heavy. Yeah, that's crazy. And were you tracking the whole time you were losing, or were you just kind of just winging it? Or Well... I had uh, tracked the food that I was eating uh, for the first two months. And I did that because I was always so unsure about my choices and I would put everything in and I would check it. I was extremely strict until I had that surgery. And then whenever I couldn't move as much, I was like, babe, just bring me some meat. You know, just bring me some meat and some kind of green veggie with butter and bacon, you know, and that's pretty much what I had during my healing process was a lot of meat and a lot of butter and bacon smothered green veggies. So I didn't really have to do any counting during that time because I had restricted what I was going to eat to stuff that I knew. But after those two months, uh, the first two months of tracking, whenever I was actually able to move around again and cook for myself, I kind of knew. So I really stopped tracking and I haven't tracked since. I just know, hey, uh, that has too many carbs. I'm not going to touch it. Um, I still look at the ingredients on things. If we're going out to eat, I still go online and to look at their nutrition facts and stuff uh, before we get there because I don't want to be that guy who's there at the table looking up stuff and holding everybody else up. So we decide where we're going to go, and I'll know what I'm going to eat before we go. So, yeah, I mean, to an extent, I track that way, but I don't, like, put everything in and track throughout the whole day now just because I pretty much know. And eating one to two meals a day, most of the time one meal a day, uh, you don't really have to do a whole bunch of tracking anyway because you kind of know what that one meal is. Right, yeah. Steak. It's working for you, man. Steak Another bacon. thing I just wanted to bring up, and I talked to you about this before the last time we met, is for the amount of weight you lost and how quickly you lost it, you have surprisingly almost no loose skin at all. And I don't know if you can blame that on genetics or if, if you had if there was anything specific you did, but, I mean, your, your pictures are out there. It's not like this is news to anyone that, that, is, that hasn't seen the pictures, but, but like, your body took to it extraordinarily well. Well, I had kind of gone up and down in weight like that before, uh, not not to the extremes that I did this last time and how quick <clears throat> that I lost it. So whenever I had uh, lost all the weight at that warehouse shop in 2011, that was over about the course of 11 months. This time it was four months and I was also about six years older. So I kind of expected it to be where I would have more than what I actually did have. And the only thing I can say is uh, my wife reminded me to stay hydrated, drink plenty of water, sometimes drink extra water, Um, especially since uh, the job that I have, I am outside a little bit. We do have a lot of stuff at a desk, but we are also outside a lot. So those times 
in June, July, and August gets extremely hot. So I drink probably uh, 12 20-ounce bottles of water a day on average. And then during the hotter months, I probably add another four to five to it. And um, collagen pills. I took collagen pills. I was told that that would help. Um, Obviously, I don't have anything to compare it to um, because I was told to do it. So I did it. And as far as I know, it helped because I don't have all that skin hanging over. My wife is very mad at me because she's had two kids and is going to end up having to have surgery for hers. Uh, But she's also not quite at her goal weight yet. You know, having a baby and having the hormones and everything has slowed her down a little bit. Not to mention, uh, about two months ago, we were dealing with her dad passing away. So she basically was like, screw it. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm in mourning. And if you say anything about it, I'm going to cut you. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm going to back off. Wise move. Yes. But she didn't really gain anything either. It just stalled her growth. I mean, it stalled her losses, but she didn't really gain. Oh, that's great. Because she was still just eating like one to two times a day. Like she still did our normal intermittent fasting periods, but when she ate, it was whatever. Hey there, gents. I know it feels like a long ways away, but it will be here before you know it. KetoCon 2020. It's happening June 12th through the 14th in Austin, Texas. We're wanting to get a Keto Man's Club event set up and want you to attend. The reason we're bringing this up now is that you don't want to miss out on the half-price weekend tickets. This offer is only good until September 30th, so you do not want to miss out. $150 gets you a full weekend at the conference, amazing speakers sharing their stories and knowledge, the chance to hang out with other keto friends and family, and so much more. There's a link in the description that you can use, or you can visit ketocon.org for tickets. Don't wait. Get your tickets now. So I want to jump in and ask two questions. Number one, you mentioned doing the one meal a day. Uh, Tell us and our listeners when you typically do that on the clock, so to speak. Are you doing that morning, evening, whatever? And then um, I'm curious about this collagen pill thing, because this is something that a lot of the the guys in the Keto Man's Club mention is that loose skin issue. Is this a an over the counter thing was I've I've never heard of collagen pills. So Anything that you can share on the one meal a day and that um, is what I'd like to hear a little bit more about. Well, the one meal a day thing typically is um, for dinner, because if I don't eat what my wife cooks, well, then that might cause some problems. Um, <laughs> it's But it's not always one meal a day. I, it's probably that uh, half the week, every now and then I'll go like, I'll have a week straight where I'm just going to eat that one meal. So it's basically I, I'm going to do a 24-hour fast. I'm going, to, I'm going to eat that one meal. And she'll cook a bunch of food, and I'll normally have two or three servings. And I stay full until the next day, probably about an hour or two before it's time to eat again. And to keep me from snacking, I'll uh, just drink half a gallon of water. So... That's uh, what I've done with the one meal a day is it's not all the time. It's about half the time, Um, but it is something that I've gotten accustomed to. I don't uh, 
brave having to have lunch. I really was never much of a breakfast person to begin with. So cutting that out and starting with the intermittent fasting about three to four weeks after I started keto was not a big deal either. So cutting it back down to one meal a day from two was actually not hard for me at all. And the collagen thing is actually, it's over the counter. Um, you can find them at every grocery store. You can find them at every pharmacy. They're just in the normal aisles where you find your typical vitamins right next to vitamin C. Makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah I also, I, I have a, a container of collagen peptides that I sometimes will scoop into my coffee or something like that. Whenever I'm making a bulletproof coffee, um, I got mine from uh, Wild Foods, but there's a, a bunch of reputable, uh, reputable companies out there that can get uh, that can get you that that collagen supplementation. Um, Wild Foods is just one that's local to Austin. I like supporting them, and they also are very picky about their ingredients, and so you know that that what you're getting is uh, really good, um, really well sourced items. It's a little expensive, I'll be honest. It's a little expensive, but it's worth it. Yeah, it's probably a good idea when you're looking into something like that. Find one that says all natural just so that you uh, don't get all the extra chemicals that are put in a lot of things as a filler. Yeah, fillers would, would be a problem. Okay. So um, so you, you've been working out. You, you've been continuing your journey, building muscle and, and things like that. Uh, what's been the most surprising thing about the process, uh, on keto versus previous attempts or previous weight loss, uh, that you've had, uh, when it comes to going to the gym? Well, just in general, just, yeah. In general. Well, I mean, I noticed within the first 10 days of starting a keto that I was actually more focused at work. I was starting to sleep better. I actually uh, had uh, from uh, from June to July, so I had only been doing keto for a couple of weeks. I have a picture that I still have on my phone, and I have probably posted a couple times of just the three to four weeks, how much uh, weight I had lost in my face. Was I know that was probably uh, inflammation and water weight more than it was anything else at the beginning, but it was uh, what kept me going. Being able to actually notice that difference immediately in those two pictures was all the motivation that I needed to know that whatever I was doing was working and I need to stick with it. And Considering the fact that you can have a lot of really good foods on the diet, it wasn't hard to convince myself, hey, just keep eating steak and bacon and eggs. It was the breads and the sodas that was going to be the hardest part for me. And I had stopped the cravings on those within probably the first three weeks. You did that through just pure abstinence, just avoiding them completely? Yes, I... Um, just avoided everything completely. As a matter of fact, uh, whenever we started and my wife jumped on board as well, we went through our cabinets and pantries and fridge and freezer. And I have three freezers because we have one that's just meat. Um, that's what happens when you're down here in Texas. You, you, you have some family member who hunts and is going to give you meat. So you might as well go ahead and have at least one just for meat. 
So that one we kept left alone. Everything else, all the microwavable stuff and the box dinners and all the canned stuff that had preservatives in it, everything we're going through and reading every label in there and we're putting stuff out on the counter. This is going, this is going, this is going. And we donated uh, three-fourths of the stuff that we had in our house because it was not going to be something that I was going to have in the house while I was trying to uh, eat a particular way. And she looked at it and said, we just wasted a lot of money. And I said, yeah, but think about how much money we're going to save by me not having to go to the hospital. And she said, point taken. So we bagged it all up and donated it. Yeah, and that's pretty much the excuse I run with at home is because I was spending a ton of money on medications before I I was able to wean completely off them. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, every once in a while, I got to go out and spend four or five hundred bucks to buy like half a cow. But at the same time, my medication bill currently is absolutely zero. So it's, you know, it's kind of a balance. Take one or the other. You're going to be spending money somewhere. Right. You know, so. And that is a great feeling to know that uh, you don't have to have any medications. Because right before I started this, they were telling me that I was going to have to start checking my blood and taking insulin and, um, taking cholesterol meds and all this other stuff. And I said, no, I, I can't bring myself to do that. I did the cholesterol med thing, um, probably around 2005 and it made me feel like garbage. And whenever I got off that, I told myself I was never going to get to it again. They tried to put me back on it. And that was the day that they said, Hey, uh, your blood work came back bad. So that was when I decided I was going to do something with how I eat. And keto was the uh, pro- probably the third or fourth thing that I stumbled across, but it's the one that uh, grabbed my attention the most. So then I just kept looking into it. And then after about a week, it was the only thing I was looking into. And then I was just getting all the information that I could. Isn't it crazy how like, after you start going through everything, reading all the labels, it's like the simplest solution is the most effective after everything you've gone through, after all the food and looking at all the boxes, the processed junk and the, and the stuff that was quote unquote easier to cook and quote unquote healthy. And then when, when you find the one thing, it's like, oh yeah, it was like literally like steak and eggs and a vegetable here and there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Whenever I first heard what keto was, uh, like the whole confidence, the whole concept of having a high fat diet uh threw me off because you know for 35 years i had been told that we need to have a low fat diet and then the the best part about when i looked into stuff was all the positive things that i kept reading about was from studies and from actual papers and research and all the negative things were opinions and surveys and Jillian Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's, at least for me, I take issue specifically with her because we used to have a lot of her stupid Wii games and DVDs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I told my wife, we're not having those anymore because she's a fraud. <laughs> I threw them away. I was bitter. Yeah. Well, you also got to tell you, Kyle, like when you, when you first started researching keto, I mean, and not that it's, it's inherently wrong, but at least when I first started researching keto, like almost everything is touted about the ba- like quite literally bacon and butter, bacon and butter. And I'm like, 
okay, well, bacon and butter is good, but like, I don't want to live off bacon and butter. And it's like, you know, that gets the most shock value. So that's like what's put right out in front of all these articles and everything you read is bacon and butter, bacon and butter. And finally, when you start digging a little deeper, you're like, oh, it's not all bacon and butter. That's just, you know, the easiest forms of fat. So that's what gets put in front of people at first. Yeah. And also, I think both sides use the example of bacon and butter. You have the side that's for it says, hey, look, you can eat this on this diet and still lose weight. Then you have the people who are against it saying, look, this diet says that this is what you eat. And guess what? It's going to kill you. And they couldn't be further from the truth because my blood work has never been better in my life. And I'm 36 and a half now. Yeah. And it was the same for me in the sense that, uh, like once I started feeling better and I've said it before, it was like, I was making up for lost time with all the stuff I could never eat. So that's why, and I don't want to say I take issue, but when people start harping so much about like calories, yeah, of course it's all comes down to calories in versus calories out. But I was purposely, I only wanted to lose five or 10 pounds. So I was purposely making up for lost time with my food. I'm like, I'm not cooking. Like, I'll cook two pounds of bacon because my kids are going to want something. I'm going to want a pound for myself. You know, everything. And, and like my, my whole eight month weight loss, I was eating like that. And according to every calculator I punched my numbers into, I was eating four or five, 600 calories above what my maintenance was. So it means one of two things, either my metabolism ramped up between that and my workouts and I was burning more than I was eating, which is highly likely. Yes. Or two, the entire system is completely flawed, and it is literally the best that we have. Um, I vote for both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the science, uh, and, and we'll go to Jim next because he's been kind of waiting. Uh, but uh, the, the science that we're, uh, that's coming out is that more and more of the time, if you ramp up how much energy you provide your body, as in clean, good energy that's going to only ramp up your body's ability to use energy. It's only going to use more. That is if it's clean energy. So we're talking about fat. We're not talking about carbs. Carbs, there's kind of a limit. Your body will only use so much and then it's going to store the rest. But with fat, it seems to have a completely different metabolic uh, metabolic response. Yeah. One, one last quick thing I wanted just to add to that was... Uh... I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, all right. Let me start all over. One thing I want to add to that was the whole quote unquote calories don't matter. And it's not that calories don't matter in the sense where if you eat to a surplus, you're going to gain. If you eat to a deficit, you're going to lose. I think that it, when it, in reference to the way I always looked at it was if you're eating what you want and you're 100% satisfied and losing weight, then do the calories really matter? Well, I mean, whenever I hit my goal and I went into maintenance, I kind of just made the choice uh, that I was going to eat until I was full, not until I was stuffed, but until I was full, like, okay, that's good. I don't have to stuff myself. Like I used to, especially whenever we have a lot of carbs, a lot of empty carbs, we have a tendency to overeat and we eat more times throughout the day because it's empty calories and they have a habit of not keeping you full. And, but with the food that I've eaten now over the past what, uh, 13 and a half months or so, it's totally different. I eat and I'm good. I'm full. I stay full. And especially whenever I, especially whenever, when I do the one meal a day thing, I have a very big meal. Like I think the last time we had steak at the house, um, she had to, uh, cook two packs of it because I ate a pack and a half. Um, which was 
probably uh, my share of that was 24 ounces. Of I felt good though. <laughs> it was it was mighty tasty, but yeah, I was full, and that's how I started looking at it. Was if I'm full, I don't think that I have to count the calories. If I start stuffing myself, then maybe I went overboard, and I need to see where I went wrong. Or if I'm hungry, where I have to eating, then what am I eating? You know. But I agree. You know, it's like. I don't focus on the calories um, because I just pay attention to how I feel after I eat and throughout the day. And it's, it hasn't steered me wrong yet. I know there's a lot of other people who are going to track every day though. With all the uh, talk um, a few minutes ago about the food that you got rid of and everything like that, I have to believe that there was one thing in that cabinet and that fridge and that freezer, someplace, something that you held on to for just a moment and like, man, I'm going to miss this. And we see that periodically in the group where somebody really has a thing for pizza or whatever the case may be. Was there anything in there that you're just like, Oh, I'm going to really miss this. And if so, have you found something that is keto friendly that, or that's something that you've adapted to make work for you? Well, I mean, there's all kinds of things that I was putting on the counter that I said, oh man, I'm going to miss this. But I can actually say that I didn't keep any of it. Because, like I said earlier, I know me. And if I kept it, I would eat it, I would get off track, and then I would come up with an excuse of, oh, well, it's no big deal that. That stupid diet's not going to work anyway. So I eliminated my excuses because I know that if I didn't, I would use one of them. Um, the big thing for me has always been pizza. I was obsessed with pizza my entire life. You can thank the stupid Ninja Turtles for that. <laughs> um, so I have done cool. I have done quite a few ways of uh, keto pizzas. Um, we have done the uh, chicken crust. We've done a ground beef crust where we had it all together with like uh, some almond flour and some egg and butter and flattened it out and cook it first and then put all of our toppings on it. We did the same for uh, chicken. We've done uh, two kinds of the fathead dough, one with almond flour, one with coconut flour. As much as I don't like normal coconut flavored stuff, I like the coconut flour uh, dough more than the almond flour dough. Um, I can't really explain that one. Um, Every now and then, if we are lazy, and I will not recommend anybody just like go and do this, but since I had already hit my goal weight, we would get the low carb uh, tortillas from HEB. And anybody from the South, especially in Texas, knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, each tortilla is like three grams of carbs. You have two of those, load them up with extra toppings, extra cheese, so that you actually get full without having a bunch of it. And that's kind of been a, when we have a lazy night, uh, you know, like, because we have a lot of that with having kids. We have horse practice and softball practice and we have a baby who is 
all over the place. So for those quick nights when we're almost out of time, she'll turn to me and go, you want to make a pizza? I said, okay. And I'll pull some out. I'll lay down a couple of those uh, low-carb tortillas. And luckily, we don't do it enough to where like it's going to cause any problems with having a lot of inflammation. You know, it's kind of like our treat. I actually look at those those uh, tortilla pizzas as kind of like my cheat. And I also make queso, but I eat it with pork rinds. There you go. Hot and spicy pork rinds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're in pork rinds with sour cream. It is surprisingly amazing. I eat so much stuff with sour cream. <laughs> I used to eat uh, nacho cheese Doritos when I was a kid with just sour cream. I didn't put any kind of stuff in it. It was just sour cream. And I did that all the way until last year. Now I eat it. I eat the hot and spicy pork rinds with it. But so, I love sour cream. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about food. And we already know that steak is number one. What is number two as like your favorite go-to keto meal? I'm going to have to say, uh, because I have no problems with having breakfast any time of the day, or at least breakfast foods, I will make a keto omelet. It's never really good looking. It's probably mostly scrambled eggs more than it actually is an <laughs> omelet, but I will take some bacon and extra cheese and some sausage every now and then get some ham diced up, but just load it up with all kinds of meats, um, probably two or three kinds of cheese. And uh, the last time I did it, I think I put in 12 eggs. So I had like two or three meals out of it. And um, last week, it's I really like meat, cheese, and eggs. I took some of the the uh, taco meat from last week with my little taco bowls, and I made a breakfast taco bowl. I put that stuff in there and then threw in some bacon still. I really like bacon. So I'm going to say eggs and bacon and then any other form of meat and cheese to go with <laughs> eggs and bacon. Sure. Sure. No, e easy and straightforward. That's honestly basically what I had today. We went to first watch for brunch, and uh, I had one. I had basically their closest thing to a protein omelet that they had. So yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and start wrapping things up a little bit. Uh, how can uh, and we'll we'll we're going to do our highlight real, you know, in a, in a minute on, on, on highlighting member uh, members of, of our group here in a second. But um, we, we know you're in the group where else on social media are you on your Instagram or anything like that? Well, my Instagram is actually not a personal Instagram. It is actually dedicated to uh, comic book movies. So it's not even me. I just have access to it through my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, no, um, I'm basically just on Facebook. I don't like Twitter. I don't do Instagram personally. I might change that to where I have one because I one, one of the main reasons why I am going to the gym as much as I am now is because I'm training to try out for American Ninja Warrior. Mm -hmm. 
I told my kids that I would do it because I had talked about it for five years and they called me out on it a couple of months ago and I can't back out of it because then I can't tell them anything if I can't keep my own word. So uh, I'm yeah. in the group and yeah. then of course I'm on Facebook. Facebook and general. And uh, if you need to get a hold of me any other way, it's jared.a.yelverton at gmail. Fair enough. Very cool. Okay, well let's uh, let's do some shout outs real quick. Jim, who you got? I am looking at a photo of one of our newer members. He joined, I think, just in the last ten days or so. Uh, Tim Bowles. He is from North Carolina. Um, pretty remarkable transformation here. Um, he says that he has been doing keto for about ten months. His heaviest weight was five hundred and fifty pounds. So. That is a quarter ton, ladies and gentlemen, 550 pounds. His starting weight when he did keto to get on keto uh, was 452. So he'd already lost basically 100 pounds when he started on keto. He is now in that 10 months down to 330 with a goal weight of 200 pounds or more. So he has lost um, 220 pounds from the start, roughly. And wow. uh, just a pretty remarkable transformation. Um, it's uh, it's not a posed photo, so to speak, that, that I'm looking at. Um, it's him working outside kind of thing. But, um, yeah, the dude has definitely made some big strides. And um, I wanted to share about Tim, number one, because he's a new, gr- new member. Um, and the fact that he felt comfortable enough to kind of lay it all out there right from the start kind of thing. Um, but, man, he has made some big uh, pr- progress. So kudos to, uh, Tim from North Carolina for, uh, making the big stride. Absolutely. Alberto. I'm going to kind of go on a different route on this one and, and we got to get this guy on the podcast cause he's overdue, but I- I'm just going to call out a uh, David Greco for, for posting a picture of his face with a giant gash on it. According to him, he fell, doesn't want to admit he got beat up by his wife, but, uh, we're going to go with, he <laughs> fell. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it did look bad. It looked like it hurt. That was a pretty good gash. But I got a kick out of it. Everybody was just kind of, you know, poking at him and, and, and ribbing him for, for what could have possibly happened to him when he just said, nope, I just fell. Yeah, he was saying that he was wishing it was a Wolverine <laughs> uh, or something that he had earned in the in the gym. Uh, yeah, that that's that's funny. And that's one of the great part about the group is that we can be able to, we all pretty pretty much feel free to uh, laugh at ourselves, along with uh, you know providing some humor for for the other members yeah. and whatnot. And if it happens again, David, you got to you were fighting a bear, dude. You're always fighting a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. You got to Davy Crockett it and <laughs> yep. say that you were fighting a bear. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Uh, so my shout out is actually going to be to like a whole group of people, like a ton of you guys in the group that have posted, uh, before and after pictures and things like that. Jim put out the call. He's getting ready to, to, to create a new, uh, banner for the, the Facebook group because we're about to hit our next hundred milestone. 2,700. Is that right? That is. Oh my gosh. 2,700 people. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we're um, we're coming up on that milestone. So he wants some material to work with. And he put out the call and you guys answered. And oh my gosh, there are some amazing transportation transformations. Uh, this will be airing, you know, probably 
three weeks to a month out from when we're recording this. And so we'll probably already have the banner up. Check it out. Uh, try to go back in, in time and hit the, the, the post because there's some amazing pictures there. Uh, and that will motivate you and, and say, Hey, you can do this uh, because these mm-hmm. folks did. And it's uh it's, it's very much a good thing to have. So shout out to all of y'all because that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I was scrolling through those pictures. I almost wanted to add a transformation picture just so I could be part of that club. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like scrolling through. I'm like, this is awesome. Like the amount of people that came through and commented. And, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. I really dug it. Okay. Well, like uh, like we we always mention, you can get a, in contact with us, uh, I, the the hosts here uh, on. Um, you you can uh, get in touch with us on the Facebook group. We also have some of us that are on. Uh, we we are on Instagram as well. Uh, the the podcast itself has an Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. You can follow us there. Uh, we post reminders about episodes. Uh, we've got some food posts and some workout posts and some random stuff that is all like keto related or group related uh, there. So definitely follow us there. You can get in contact with me at, at Duckman Keto and Alberto. Yeah, I got a, I got two. I got a capital underscore painter where uh, it's just all fun automotive stuff. And I've gotten into posting pictures of what automotive paint looks like before you throw on the shaker, which looks super trippy and cool. And I'll probably keep doing that because I mix paint quite often and every single one's going to come out different. But uh, as far as my keto stuff and workout stuff, it's at the... I forgot my Okay. Well, then get his phone. Stuff, yeah, yeah, no, no, I got it. I just forgot. I just blanked out for a second. There. I started thinking about paint swirling in a cup. And I, I just totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, right, we'll try it again. And uh, for all my keto workout stuff, it is at the keto. Damn, I messed it up again. At the keto cholo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's all saying yeah, in there. It's all, I, I, I'm the not sure I'm going to cut that. No, no, that <laughs> should all stay. When, when you travel to damn near Oklahoma for a week, and then you get forced to go to El Paso for a week, and then you come home to stay local, and local is driving 60 miles one way to a shop, and then having to drive to San Antonio tomorrow, your brain kind of gets scrambled after a while. <laughs> no need for a take three. Now run with it. I ain't, I ain't too proud. <laughs> so yeah, at the keto cholo. And how about you, Jim? Um, short, sweet, and simple. Find me in the Facebook group, uh, keto man's the keto man's club, um, and then uh, Jim Inman Jr. on the Instagram as well. Awesome. You can get to our Facebook group easily if you are not a member, or if you just need a quick way to get there by going to. Uh, theketomanclub.com uh, and you can email us any comments or questions, suggestions, whatever you got. Uh, you can email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com and if you would take a few seconds to, to uh, go on Apple Podcasts, go on Spotify, wherever you can leave a rating or a comment, please do. It helps get the word out, gets uh, the uh, Get us in front of a few more people, and maybe a few more people are going to get hear the good news of keto, uh, which is, uh, in my opinion, a very good thing. And so we we want to get out there as much as possible. So that uh, if if you would leave a, a comment or a rating, that would be super super helpful. I think that's it for us this week. Any last uh, parting shots from anybody? 
Yeah, the Keto Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> the Keto Cholo. Take three. We yeah. got it. Jim, any parting shots from you? I am I am great. Jared, pleasure to talk to you, man. Next time, you're welcome to come to Indiana, Indiana if you'd like. Oh, don't tip me. I like traveling. Okay. Very cool. Uh, yes, and again, I, I echo that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for driving down and, and uh, joining us in person. That, that made for a nice, uh, nice difference in interview yeah, style. It, it makes me rethink what I'm going to do with my... Uh, giant air-conditioned shed in the backyard (laughs) it was my pleasure yep absolutely okay well uh, that's it for this week until next time make sure to eat meat lift heavy sleep and repeat thank you for joining us for the keto man's club podcast your support means the world to us don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode would you help us spread the word about the keto man's club by sharing with your friends and family we're available on all podcast platforms so just search for keto man's club and you'll find us if you would like to connect with us you can do so a number of ways our web address leads to our facebook group the keto man's club.com that's t-h-e-k-e-t-o M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.